In the great bowels of the internet, there are assembled the world's two most prodigious podcasters created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Joe, a chubby Italian nebbish with a slamming tan, and Gomez, a Puerto Rican, when convenient, who doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. Their mission combine their love of all things pop culture to present the most important podcast on the planet. When their powers are assembled, they form the mighty Car Joe-Man. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 322 of the Call Joe Mez podcast. I'm Mez and my co-host as always is the magistrate of Caravan City. That's right. I'm Captain Joe Shoes of the Car Joe Mez podcast. Yeah, you all buddy. What's up? Gomez, hit the breaking news music. Breaking news. What's going on today, bro? Gomez, after weeks, months, decades of begging and pleading, downright groveling to these humanoids out there, one of them finally came through. What? What are you talking about? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Car Jomez podcast, and we encourage you to follow us on all the social media at Car Jomez and leave a five star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And none of you pieces of human excrement have felt the need to do that for months. Bunch of jerks. Until this week. My double, my triple, my quadruple main man, Mike Frias. Ooh. Left a five-star review, Gomez. He tweeted it to us on iTunes. And he said, someone's got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, you're goddamn right someone's got to do it. He goes, I'm only writing this so Shu stops complaining that no one is rating the show. And I guess for the 8x10. In all seriousness, you're both my triple main man. And the show is my main pop culture outlet. It always makes me laugh and rarely steers me wrong with their TV and movie suggestions. Mike Frias, big creative pro wrestling fan, met him a couple times through major pod events. You're getting a Car Jomez 8x10. Thank you for your service. Thanks, bro. Thank you so much. Look at that. And that that. is the breaking news. And that's how you start a goddamn show. I was just going to say, that's a good start to the show. My goodness. His main pop culture outlet. You know what that makes me? What does that make you, baby? His main pop (laughs) culture go-to guy. Woo! (laughs) That's right. We're hitting you with all the pop culture knowledge you need right here, baby. And speaking of pop culture, Gomez, this is probably one of the most intense pop culture events of the century. Bro, I'm I'm going to have no hair at the end of the week, bro. I Which can't. is a sad because you have luxurious hair. <sighs> I can't be losing this thing, bro. I can't. It's really all you have. It's like when I go to a club and do the dice move. <laughs> the dice. 
you know. Uh, oh, I know. I'm I'm a big fan of the dice move. It's, it's a, a good hit. move. It's a good move. It's a crowd pleaser. You got to play the hits. You know, you're just out there putting smiles. You know, if you see Tiffany in concert, she better goddamn play. I think we're alone now three, four times. That's when you see me <laughs> dancing at the club. I better fucking do that move all night long. Oh my! God. But Gomez, I stayed out of this because I knew I did not have the time to make the commitment for it. But you and just about everybody else I've ever met in the world unsuccessfully trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. Bro, it's just it's a disaster. Just everything about this is just not fun. You have to register for the chance to maybe possibly get a chance to buy tickets. It's wild. This, and this is what I was going to ask because this sounds it's like stupid. a 12-step program. Yeah. I, I guess this is supposed to, to stop the scalpers and this and that. What? Well, no. You're just making your fans annoyed, bro. You sign up for this shit, and then you're going to get an email. And the email says either you're allowed to get the chance to buy tickets. You're not guaranteed tickets. You're just allowed to try to buy them. And the rest of us are on a wait list. Who knows when the wait list gets a chance to buy tickets? Probably, I would assume, never. What's the point of the wait list if the people... (laughs) Are buying tickets in the first place. You got to hope so, they turn them down. Uh, exactly. Sticker shock. So there was a pre-sale. We record these on Tuesday. There was a pre-sale today that was apparently a fucking disaster. It's basically <laughs> shut Ticketmaster down. Ticketmaster is in shambles right now. And uh, I didn't get the chance to get those tickets, but there was supposed to be a Capital One pre-sale. That got pushed back a day now because they were like... Bro, we want Ticketmaster to get their shit together. So we're going to try again tomorrow. And uh, so now I got to wait another day and stress and hope that I'm ready to go tomorrow. Oh, it's just. Now, here's, I mean, it's almost impressive. The demand for these tickets is so high. And whether that's genuine fans or scalpers, the combination, obviously. But the demand is so high that this woman is playing the biggest of, like, stadiums. And going to be people still pissed that they did not get these tickets. Yeah. Like, she's doing three shows in Giant Stadium. So that's 80,000 people about, right? Times per three. Per night. <laughs> Times three. So, like, you would think, hey, I might have a shot at trying to get these tickets. <sighs> well, we'll find out, won't we? Now, if she's doing three shows in the same building, are they three different shows that's the thing too that bothers me i hate that shit i want the same fucking show bro i don't want to be surprised i want to know what's coming i want to know when i'm leaving what i'm excited for i'm a set list guy i like to know what's happening yes so i like to know so if i'm finding out that she's doing different shows that's the worst but this is this is the thing now this is the errors tour so i assume she's playing some variety of her entire catalog Is it possible she's playing albums one and two on night one, albums three and four on night two, album, you know, like... I don't think so, because not every place has more than, like, you know, one or two shows. I don't know how that would work. But not every place deserves all the eras. I was talking with Kelly. Do you think think... Tucson, Arizona 
deserves all of the errors. Do you think she's gonna like uh, go in order? You think she's gonna jump around? Like you think she's gonna like tell the story of her life and go album to album, or you think she's gonna do a little hopping? And then twenty years later, I did this, you know, because I imagine no. it's gonna be like this big story production I, thing, right? I imagine the way she is as a storyteller, and I've watched like her Disney Plus special, and I've seen enough of her now. She she does focus very heavily on the story and the influence. Yeah. And I would think that would lead to go in a chronological order. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the vibe I get. But then all the fun stuff is at the beginning. Because the latest stuff is, a, it's good, but it's a lot of slowy stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I can see her like opening with like first album stuff. And then she jumps to like the latest album and she's like reminiscing and talking and then jump. I can see a little jumping back and forth. I mean, I don't know what it, it don't matter. I'm probably not going to be there. So yeah, no, no, nobody is apparently. I'll have to hear from someone. But no, I, listen. Apparently, eleven people got tickets today, and now all the shows are sold out. We'll find out. I mean, listen, I'm gonna go. I, if I gotta go on StubHub and spend four hundred dollars for a fifty dollars ticket, I'm probably gonna do that. Is there a fifty dollars ticket? Do we have the ticket supposedly, prices been released? Supposedly, there was a press release that said the tickets are supposed to be from forty nine to like two three hundred dollars. I mean, I guess in a stadium that big. A giant stadium, you know, like That's I mean, basically huge. every place she's playing is a Super Bowl. Yes, you know, crazy. So if, if you think about that, face value, there are relatively inexpensive seats at the Super Bowl. You're just all the way up in God's land to watch yeah. the game. So I would think in a place that big, yeah, there are tickets on the affordable side of things, but if this is the demand for tickets. Realistically, it could be paying four hundred dollars for a fifty dollar ticket. Oh yeah, I'm I'm fully in my head. I'm like I have a number that I'm okay with spending, and I'm just because I'm like it's it's the event of the year. We gotta go. This has to happen, especially now it involves my daughter, who's a big Taylor Swift fan. So now it's like oh, so yes. now you gotta buy a third ticket. Yes. Well, I even offered. I said, listen, I've seen we've seen Taylor Swift before. Me and my wife, we saw her on the Red Tour. Wonderful, many years ago. Wonderful show. So I'm like, listen, I've seen her. Of course I want to see her again. But if I got to sit this out so you girls could go, that's okay. You have never minded having a night to yourself without the girls. (laughs) But I would take them because it's such a crazy concert. You know, I would make sure that they're okay over there. I've never seen Taylor Swift uh, on my my list for sure. Of course. It's a hard ticket. But it's a hard ticket. And I'm not someone willing to put in the time for that. That's the problem. I want to go to concerts all the time, but I always end up going to rock shows because I could spend $20, $30 and have a great time watching yeah. some of my favorite bands of all time. I want to see Harry Styles. I got to work seven. I got to work like you, bro. I got to work around the clock. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. You don't want to be me. No one does. No, I don't. I like money, but I also like to not work all the time. <laughs> and so it's like, ugh. See you later, Harry Styles. See you later, Doja Cat. One day I'll be able to see these people when I win the lotto. Well, we didn't win the Powerball. We didn't win the Powerball. So. No Snoopy Snow Cone Makers or Doja Cat tickets in our future. It's, it's a damn shame. But Gomez, there is a little good news. I love. I would love some good news. What do you got for me? Who wants good news? Everyone? Well, good <laughs> news, everyone. <laughs> 
my favorite Netflix show, Love is Blind, just posted Ooh. their final couple episodes and the reunion for season three. Yeah. Very, How's it been? It's, it was an interesting season. I think better than season two. I think okay. we actually got some couples that I think, or, or maybe just one, I'm in, you know, we'll have to take the wait and see approach, but at least one couple that I think, you know, is going to be in it for the long haul. Whoa, okay. That's crazy. But we got some interesting stories. We had some deceitfulness, which was Uh-oh. good stuff. And then at the reunion, they absolutely destroyed one guy's will to live, which like felt really harsh. <laughs> but <laughs> but here we are. This is the world we live in. But Gomez today, as you know, just hours before we started recording, some news came out. And it made your double main man's heart just a bit of a flutter. Ooh, what happened here? What's going on? As you know, and as our listeners know, I have applied to be on Love is Blind in each of the past two seasons. I think I would be outstanding. I think I excel in situations just like this podcast where people cannot see what I look like. Love is Blind was made specifically for me. And Gomez, this upcoming season, they are taking it to my hometown of Tampa, Florida. Oh, shit. So who better? Not Canyon. (laughs) Who better to represent the great city of tampa florida on love is blind than the captain when's the application start i hope you already you filled it out already oh i I haven't i i should do that i i it would help if i apply (laughs) please don't forget you're so excited but i should do that oh the deadline it'll be like that episode of married with children where Girly Girl Beer, which was the official beer of No Ma'am, started putting fat women into their ads. So they uh, protest drinking Girly Girl, and they decide to drink all of the beer in Chicago so they can pick a new official beer. And once they're all really drunk and realize that they haven't picked an official one yet, they just go, well, what about Girly Girl? (laughs) And everybody (laughs) says, okay. I don't get to make enough Married with Children references. I've been leaving it out quite a bit lately. It's been a while. It's been it a has while. been a while. And Christina Applegate was in the news this week. Yes. She uh, got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Very yes. tough uh, tough going for her of late. Yeah, she had breast cancer. She's got MS. MS now. It's pretty rough. But yeah. uh, she's in good spirits. She's out there. She's got a Netflix show that uh, I know my wife enjoys. It's pretty popular. I haven't watched it. What is it? Dead to me? Dead like some. Dead like me. Something Dead like, like that. me. Yeah. Right. So her and Linda Cardellini. Yeah. Favorite so amongst these shows. We stand yes. our Linda Cardellini yes, over we here. Do. We love her. So uh, and I saw there was a little reunion. Right. Some of the the cast members of Married with Children came out to to celebrate. Yeah, with I her. saw um, Katie Segal and David Faustino were there in pictures with awesome. her, and also Linda Cardellini was there. So she That's had her. Right. She had her. BFFs to the FFFs. Good to see. You know, it's, see. it is good to see because now, like, you realize, like, Married with Children is 100 years old. 30 years ago? <laughs> crazy. It's I crazy. think 87 was so 35 years ago. Is that possible? It is. What's crazy, too, is these people like, have done look, things. Yeah, they've done other things, but like, what's crazy to me, and this is like, we, we do this all the time where we date ourselves. 
like we sit back and we go, holy shit, 35 years ago, he was married with children. You go 35 years back even further. Now you're talking about, do we, did we even have television? No. Like Not everyone had TVs, no. No, not in 1952. No, definitely not. I was saying these people for married with children, they've done shows that are even more popular. Like they're not married with you. Like, you know, he's not Al Bundy. He's, he's the fucking modern family guy. Like that's so weird. Like it's so weird. Right. Like and she's son of anarchy. He was saying sons of anarchy lady. So it's like, it's like, whoa, no, this is married with children folks. But those are fucking massive TV shows that yeah. they were both on. Crazy. And even Christina Applegate had a very good career. I mean, she had a bunch of different shows. She's in a bunch of movies. Like, Maybe nothing as transcendent as Married with Children, you know, especially compared to Ed O'Neill and Katie Seagal. But like, she's had a bunch of good roles. It's not like she's just like some ho hum working actor. She's had a very successful career. David Faustino has existed. <laughs> oh, bud, perfect bud. <laughs> Uh, we do have uh, a little bit of sad news, however, because uh, someone who is kind of, I don't want to say influential, but the voice of Batman for, for people of our generation, Kevin Conroy, passed away this week, and wildly successful character actor, and I, I think best known for Batman. Of course. Um, also recently played Merman on the Kevin Smith Masters Ooh. of the Universe Revelations. And I could I I don't I could be mistaken, you know, don't quote me in case I'm wrong. I believe he was set to do the voice of Hordak in season three of the CGI He-Man series. Yes, I saw that pop up when I was looking. Yeah. So that's cool. So he was getting ready to have like a a major role in that. I didn't see a cause of death. I'm assuming in, you know, uh, he's been sick. I think he had like intestinal intestinal cancer. Yeah, like that's, that's he has looked kind of sickly in things appearances you would see him in of late, which is very sad. But uh rest in peace to Kevin Conroy and I thought Gomez as a tribute to the man who was a voice of one of the biggest characters and and for a lot of people the the zenith of what Batman is. He's my Batman, hundred percent. I, I grew up on that. It's it's the best. Yeah, and and he never stopped being Batman too. And he like, never stopped being still, Batman. He's still Batman in these DC movies, yeah, in the DC games. So he's he's Batman. Like that's my Batman. He's ninety percent of what I associate with. And him. now we're not far apart in age. Batman the animated series, obviously a big show for me as well. But I am just. I said I was put in front of the TV so much at an early age in front of reruns of the 66 Batman that will kind of always sure. be my Batman. But Batman the animated series kind of set a new standard for what children's animation could be, the kind of stories you could tell, the tonal shifts that you would get which was pretty unheard of for a kid show at that time. Yeah. You know, you had very episodic storytelling. I talk about this a lot uh, when I talk about 80s cartoons, it's usually just like Here's the big villain's plot of the day. And Batman, the animated series, kind of felt like the first show that didn't treat children as children. Yeah. You know, and it was a very important show for its time and a very good show. And I think it holds up very well now, even. Yes, it does. So I thought, Gomez, 
in memory of Kevin Conroy, we could do something we haven't done in a while, and that's play a little game and hit the music for the IMDb game. This is gonna be interesting. What what how are we playing this game with this guy? So I have the IMDB page up. I've had it prepped and ready. One of the big, I mean, tons of voice acting work. But what Gomez are his four biggest credits according to IMB IMDB? What is he known for? Are they all four Batman voice roles? Yes, they are. Okay, so let's see which ones would they do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna guess the animated series is on there. Number four. Okay, is Batman Beyond on there? No. Okay, let me see. What else is there? Trying to think which which ones is there a Justice League cartoon on there? No. Hmm. Because he's in all those Justice League action and all that stuff. Okay, let's see. What um, is one of the video games on there? I will say okay. that there are oh, there is at one. least Whoa, one entry. Really? <laughs> that is a video game. Okay. I saw I said video game work and then what is there is it like uh, Mask of the Phantasm? Like, is it one of those things where it's not where it's separate? Okay. No, hold on. Excuse me. Oh, I said Batman the Animated Series was number four. It's actually Mask of the Phantasm. Okay, all right. I was wondering if it would be separate. Or Batman just the Animated movie. Series is not on his top four. Okay, but they put the movie. I guess that's, that's good. Yeah, and Mask of the Phantasm. Um, it's up on HBO Max. HBO Max. It, yeah phenomenal i just watched it again the other day it it came up obviously in the suggestions because of the timing um man that's really good and all that batman stuff is on there it's crazy to think it got a theatrical release at the time yeah that was a big deal i remember that it was so crazy it's batman in the movie theater i was like what i didn't see it in the movie theater but it was just like oh wow so I'm going to give you these just because yeah. there's so many. Uh, we got two video games on here. Two video. That's so crazy. Two video. Batman, I don't see that often. Arkham City from 2011. Mm, Arkham City. Okay. And Batman Arkham Knight for 2015. Yeah. Arkham Knight, really? Okay. Wow. But so those were three and two, respectively. But number so what the one, hell's number one? 2016's Batman The Killing Joke. Oh, interesting. Of all the Batmans, that's yeah, okay. The killing joke, mm. yeah. yeah so, if you guys, that, I think we we both liked it. We, yeah, we liked it. It's on there. Every, every DC is on HBO Max. So, if you yeah. want to catch up on DC stuff, the DC animated movies are so good, like they're batting like 85%. Like, every once in a while, there's a shitty one. But they are so good, these movies. And like we said, he played Batman in most of them. And uh, I watched some Batman Beyond the other day when he passed. That's one that I've never watched all the way through. But it was always cool to see 
him doing the older Batman gimmick. I always love that. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, definitely sad. Very, very sad day. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's sad when anyone who you has had some kind of influence or effect on you from an entertainment standpoint dies. You know, we 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 get a little teary eyed over a lot of people sure. here. Um, I wasn't really aware that he was sick or that he was ill. So, you know, when I heard the news, it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was not expecting. So rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. Thank you very much for all your contributions to making our lives just a a little bit more entertaining. Mm. And Gomez, I got one more piece of news in the meantime. We've spoken about this probably every year it comes around. The Toy Hall of Fame. Oh, I didn't see that. I always, oh, wow. I, I must have missed it. It came out today, the nominations. So the the oh. inductees have been announced oh, for 2022. Shit. What we got here? And What's going it's in? It's funny you haven't heard this because the person that alerted me to this news, because it's not like I'm exactly searching Toy Hall of Fame every day, was your stepdad. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Mr. Ball slid into my DMs on Twitter. I didn't know he knew how to do that. I, I'm worried now. I didn't know he knew how to do that. <laughs> but he did, and he sent me the link from ABC News 7. Wow. Was there a He-Man toy on there that he sent it? What? Uh... He-Man has been inducted oh! to the Toy Hall of Fame. Oh, The man. three inductees this year. Masters of the Universe, The Light Bright, oh, okay. and the all-time classic, the one we all come back to. Okay, what fucking shit is this? The Top. The Top. <laughs> fucking, I love it. Oh, they've, they've, this thing is the best. They've had Stick. Yeah. Stick was a toy. Sand is a thing. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. So these three were inducted this year. The rest of the nominees, let's run down this list quick. What, what didn't get it? What what do we bingo? Interesting. Okay. Briar horses. Don't know what the fuck that is. No idea. Uh Catan. I know that one. That's all the, the white kids play. Yeah. Um Nerf. Real, like a nerf gun. Okay. That should go in. Ner- nerf in general. Yeah. Know. I huh. think that's that'll be on next year's ballot too. I think you know. It's, I hope so. I think it's that's done definitely. enough. Hundred uh, percent. The pinata. Interesting. Like it's not a toy. Like I get it. It's a party game. I just it's a quick little thing. But all right. This one surprised me to be on the nominees, but pound puppies. Really? Because don't that get me was wrong. Huge. I had pound puppies as a kid. I yeah, remember the cartoon. I had the cooler doll that was kind of like a Teddy Ruxpin where it had the cassette player in his oh, back. Oh, shit. And, you know, he could talk and narrate. Oh, I remember sh- that. Yes, that's right. So, like, I get it, but I really don't remember Pound Puppies having such a big cultural impact that it would be on a list like this. Hmm. Well, I mean, it didn't get in, so it I can see I can see it being nominated, but not getting it. Like it, it was popular; it, it had a moment, and it had a remake. You know, yeah, probably like ten moment. years ago now. Um, the other ones are Phase Ten. I have That's, no idea what that is. It's like a Uno game, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Spirograph, which I've at least heard of. That's like the little spinning. Yeah. 
where you put the pen and it yeah. makes little geometry shape shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the final one, Racco. What the fuck is that? Exactly. Racco. What the fuck? The Toy Hall of Fame it's has some of like it, it really is the best Just because every Google. year we love Googling looking at guys. these lists and seeing some of the things that get in and are nominated because they will make you say, hmm. Just. <laughs> Definitely. But oh, congratulations, man. Masters of the Universe. Very proud to be a fan. I'm very proud to be part of that. Uni- Gomez, am I in the Toy Hall of Fame now? Whoa, wait a minute. We got a holy shit. We got a Hall of Famer on the show here. I am a Hall of Famer. As part of the Masters of the Universe. I mean, where do I where do I go to get my ring? We're gonna have to well, we're gonna start looking into stuff. We gotta see what you get. You gotta get a plaque. I gotta get something, right? Something. Something's got it. Come on. I'm gonna contact Mattel and see what you know, like what's in it for me. <laughs> what like, a- what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what about me? What about shoes? <laughs> oh man, all right, Toy Hall of Fame. So, yeah, it's always good to hear from the Toy Hall of Fame. Like I said, every year the list is, at the very <coughs> least, wildly entertaining. Yes. <laughs> uh, now, we asked you guys to watch. Oh, you know what? I actually got some Masters. Before we get to the movies of the week, I got one piece of news on uh, a follow-up on the crowdfunding for the Eternia playset from the Masters mm. of the Universe origin set. Okay. We It did get funded. But here's okay. where a little fuckery came into play. Ah, oh, what's going on? Man? Little bit of fuckery. So like the whole deal was they needed to hit five thousand to get it produced, and then there were two additional tiers. If it hit eight thousand, you unlock a moat creature figure. If it hit ten thousand, we unlock a Keklar figure, who was like the genius wizard elder guy. Who is like no one cares about? This I was is gonna like, say, is that something that you want? Such, okay. <laughs> such a deep cut that like not even I care. Even the moat monster at eight thousand is very underwhelming. These additional tiers were not great, okay. but there was an early bird special. Mm. If you ordered in the first week, you got a special King Grayskull figure. That's cool. So obviously I ordered mine within the first week because I wanted this additional figure. And that was really out of the ones that were being offered. If I'm only going to get one, that's the one I want. Okay. Well, after sales stagnated for a while, Mattel comes out and does this live stream where they say, you know what? If we hit 10,000, everybody is going to get the early bird figure. Mm. So now I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. And I got into it with a lot of people online, a lot of back, you know, and there were a lot of people on my side, but there's a lot of people on the other side. You know, people are like, oh, well, you know, it should have just been included from the get go. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. But it wasn't. And that's the point. It wasn't. (laughs) Yes. Should it have been included? Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. Why not? But the fact of the matter is they said you only get It was an incentive. Yes. You like now we're in the participation trophy portion of the crowdfund here. Where people say, oh, well, I didn't have the money last week or they didn't, you know, they didn't even start offering payment plans to people until after the early bird portion had completed. You know, then they offered PayPal and payment plans. So it became more accessible to people in week two. But by that point, you are not getting this figure. And me as an early bird backer, I was promised an incentive for buying early. 
So I do not care that you didn't have the money a week ago. I understand maybe you want the figure. Sure. But you are not entitled to this figure. You didn't adhere to the rules. And when Mattel is now taking away my incentive that I was promised, I'm kind of pissed about that. What are you doing to make good to the people who did back early? Well, the answer was nothing. But thankfully, Gomez, the universe has a way of working itself out. It did not hit the (laughs) 10,000 backers. So because of that, only the early birds will get the early bird figure. Oh, we did is get everyone to... complaining now? Oh, now they're was... all complaining because <laughs> now they think, oh, well, we should still get it anyway. No. <laughs> they just want that fucking thing. <laughs> oh, you should make the figure the figure at 10000 available to people at retail price as an add-on. What? No, Mattel should never offer that figure again. You had your chance. You didn't get it. It doesn't get made. That's the way I look at it. I and agree. me, I was willing to sacrifice getting an additional figure if it meant other people not getting the figure I had. <laughs> because at that point, I'm paying for a level of value. And I don't know how you feel about, look, I love collecting. I collect what I like, but I would also like for the things I like to hold some kind of value should a situation arise where I need to start getting rid of pieces of my collection, I would like to have them be worth something instead of just giving them away for pennies on the dollar. So if that means that I have a figure that is, you know, maybe limited by another, I don't know, 1500 pieces, uh, it has more intrinsic value to it. And I don't care if you call me a flipper, I'm not buying this too flip necessarily but i do like a level of rarity i do like a level of scarcity and i would like the things i like to have some kind of value for down the road you cannot keep your collection forever at some point you will hit a point where you know what it's not fair to the people who will be looking out for you to have to deal with your fucking lifetime of hoarding Like Gomez, right now, your daughter and our buddy's uh, son, BAC's son, are like the people who are going to inherit most of my shit. Is it fair to them to have to unload all of Uncle Shoes' fucking toys? (laughs) No. They're just going to open them up and play with them. Like, it's just, you know, like, what are you going to do? Like, you can't keep this shit forever. I would like it to have some kind of value. And the, the idea that everyone should just get everything i think is ridiculous but i thought people like getting rare shit i thought people like collecting rare stuff like what but only doing? only if it's convenient if it's convenient yes easy yeah i get it. all right <laughs> because then Not when bad. they can't get it it becomes oh well they didn't make enough it's just bullshit i can't even get it i want it to be a completist well you don't you're not and you won't be get but, over it but people need to realize being a completist means you're going to spend some money sometimes. Not like it's that's. And that's the thing with this. They, they're sitting there complaining about how they didn't have $600 to order this set on week one until a payment plan became available. You know what? Maybe you shouldn't be spending all your money on toys. No, it's true. And I'm not here to tell you how to spend your money, but if you have to sit there and I understand $600 is it's a lot of money to me too. I'm not saying it's not. I understand what $600 is. 
over the course of my life, I have had $0. I have had $600. I understand the value of a dollar. But if you're really struggling, I understand that you want this. But if this is a genuine struggle for you to pay off, maybe this isn't the kind of thing that you need to be spending your money on. There's plenty of shit I don't buy because, you know, time is not right. It just is what it is. Hopefully I'll get it another time, but it is what it is, bro. I can't now, make myself <laughs> like it's yeah. crazy. Unfortunately, if you want to go and get it down the road now, it's going to cost you more money. That's mm -hmm. just the way life works. There's what only 9,000 of these that are going to be in the world and produced. So I'm sorry about your damn luck, but this is the way the world works. And honestly, if you look at any of these crowdfunding projects, whether it be the Star Wars uh, barge, or the Super 7 Snake Mountain playset from a couple of years ago, once they start shipping and people start getting them in hand, the amount of FOMO that goes on within the collector communities drive these prices through the roof. So if you're going to invest in anything, if you are going to be a flipper, then yes, this is the kind of shit to do it in because you're talking about high dollar pieces at limited quantities. And the real collectors who want to have their full displays are going to have them opened up and displayed and be beautiful. But if you're going to want one, you're going to have to go to one of those flippers that you should actually thank for helping back the project that you didn't in the first place. And now you got to pay a premium for that. That's the <laughs> way life works. Oh, goodness. Well, they ain't getting it, so fuck them. <laughs> no, and uh, up on Captain's Log, if you're listening to this Thursday, obviously, when this episode drops, the day before, Wednesday, I would have had Pixel Dan on the Captain's Log. He's joining me there, and Pixel Dan and I have gotten to know each other, you know, a little bit over uh, recent times. We did a He-Man panel together recently. We are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to this Eternia conversation. Oh, I can't. I hope you bring it up on the podcast. And, be and not in a combative way. Sure. But, but Dan like believes... like to hear his side. Yeah, let's Dan see. believes just that the more toys, the better. Sure. The more people that get to enjoy those toys, the better. And he's a very positive guy, a very happy guy. And I really appreciate what he has done for the toy community over, over a decade now of his videos and his influencing. Like, I, I'm not even kissing his ass. Like, Pixel Dan was kind of my entry into Masters of the Universe Classics because as he was doing his unboxing figures, that's how I first came to know him. That was a set I couldn't afford to collect. I had to sit it out. I was on the sidelines. So I got to kind of see these figures through the Pixel Dan unboxing videos. And I got to be mentioned very slightly in the special thanks of his book. But now that I get to know him a little bit and converse and have these conversations, it's, it's very cool. I'm excited to have him on Captain's Log and continue these conversations. And did you know, Gomez, he's also a 20-plus year vet of the indie wrestling scene. What? 20 years? That's crazy. Pixel Dan has been wrestling for over 20 years. He's been a Midwest guy. Spencer Powers. Really? That's really interesting. That's crazy. <laughs> and he, I don't know why. This is the question I really want to ask him. He doesn't intertwine his two lives. Spencer Powers is not Pixel Dan, and Pixel Dan is not Spencer Powers. Wow, that's interesting. I'm going to have to watch that tomorrow. That's real interesting. 
So that'll be up. Uh, if you ever want to see Captain's Log, it's available to Ultimate and Hard Foundation members of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Patreon. You can join right now, anytime at majormarks.com, and all the archived content will be available to you there, including all episodes of the Captain's Log. Yes, sir. Ooh. So, Gomez, we did ask people to watch two movies this week, but you did some extra credit and watched the third movie that I kind of mentioned briefly last week. Tell me yes. what you thought about Clerks 3. Yes, I was going to bring this up. Uh, I didn't know that I'd be watching a perfect double feature uh, to go with Black Panther. These movies, they're all about grief and dealing with the loss of loved ones. And it was wild. I'm sitting here watching Clerks. I'm like, like Jesus, I just I just got done with Black Panther. I didn't know I was going to be doing this again. Like, this is... Uh, <laughs> It's crazy. I thought it was great. Uh, I had mentioned uh, the vibe of the trailer definitely came across in, in the finished product here. So it was exactly what I was expecting. This little, you know, introspective on life and uh, dealing with loss. I, I thought it was really good. I said it made me feel things. I It definitely hit me harder than I really yeah. ever expected it to, especially it's crazy. fucking Kevin Smith movie. Like, it's dick and fart jokes. And now I'm sitting here like, you know, really dealing with my mortality. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But I mean, you know, this is a movie we watched almost 30 years ago. So we know these people. And uh, so we liked them, right? We came back, we watched the third movie. Clearly, we, we like hanging with yeah. these people. So to see them go through hard times, it was it was sad. It was really sad. But uh, it was really enjoyable. Best Kevin and Smith movie in years. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, now, did you know the original conclusion to the first Clerks movie was Dante getting shot and getting killed? Yes. So they kind of play off that in this as well. And, you know, spoilers. I, we always talk spoilers here. So if you listen yes. to the show, you expect spoilers. Um, if you haven't yet seen Clerks 3, this is a good part uh, Good part for you to pause at or fast forward because we'll also be talking about the Beastmaster and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. But here we go. Here's the spoilers. Dante dies at the end. And honestly, that one kind of caught me off guard. Didn't see it coming. Did not see it. When he's in the movie theater, I'm like, whoa, wait a fucking minute. Yeah. Are they going to fucking do this? And then they fucking did it. And I was like, wow. Uh, especially fucking Rand Randall's there with him, talking to him. And he just fucking drops. It's like he's opening up to him. I'm so sorry. I love you. And motherfucking drop! Wow, it See, was crazy. And what gets me is Randall in that moment just went and got fucking verbally tattooed by fucking Dante. Yeah. Fucking the last thing that you're going to have the remembrance of with your best friend for 30 years now, if not more. I don't know how long they knew each other before working at the store together. The last memory you're going to have outside of, let, you know, kneeling over him as he takes his last breath is being basically called a motherfucker. Yeah. He's yelling at him and then has the heart attack. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's pretty fucking crazy. You basically caused his death. Yeah. And we sit there and we say, oh, it was this emotional ending. And, like, yeah, it was. But, like, what about Randall? And Randall's speech at the... You know, he does the eulogy at Dante's funeral 
And he, you know, makes the comment of you're not even supposed to be here today. And that's all cute. But honestly, I don't know how I would be able to. And this is why I said I don't know how I feel about this movie last week. Remember, I said, like, I, yeah. I was kind of up you in just the say air. You, you felt a lot. You yeah, just, it made definitely made it. me feel things. And I guess if you look at it from Dante's perspective with the way they present it and the way he walks out of the movie theater with his wife, and it's it's like Dante did get his happy ending after all. But if you look at it from Randall's perspective, like, I can't imagine, number one, having fewer friends than Randall. And... <laughs> And the one person who probably knows you better than anyone else, you caused their death because you did something that infuriated them so much that it literally caused their heart to pop. (laughs) And that's why I had, you know, some, some trepidation with knowing if I like this movie or not, because yeah, it does give Dante his send off, but I'm looking at it and going, Oh my God. Like, Fucking Randall, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to go through. I can imagine a, a fourth clerks where this guy is just like fucking by himself, just like really like he's going sitting in it. the alley of the quick stop, fucking just, just sitting out on yeah. drugs. Oh, <laughs> uh, did you watch the Jane Silent Bob reboot? Because I didn't watch that. I one. did. I watched it when it first hit video on demand. It was okay. Um, I was hoping. I don't. I don't want to say I was hoping. My expectations for Kevin Smith movies are never really high anymore. Sure, but we um, want to like them. But we want to like them, and and obviously we care enough because we do keep watching them. Sure. Um, it was okay. Nothing special. I, it wasn't horrible. You know, probably like a two and a half type of you know main man type thing. Okay. Uh, you know, double double main man, double and a half somewhere in that area. Cool. Uh. But where do you put Clerks 3? At least three. It's probably a three. Uh, you know, maybe a little more if you really, if those feels really get you. You know, I can see you really, really liking the movie. But it's about a three. It's a, it's a very nice send-off. I would imagine this is the last Clerks, you know. And uh, I enjoy being back with these characters and uh, way better than I thought. I was yeah. not expecting to like this at all. I don't know. Maybe it hits me a little bit different. Um, I've dealt, I feel like I've dealt with a lot of death in my life with people who are close to me. And some of my best friends have uh, passed away way, way too soon. Um, And so like, I think about these things, like what my last conversation with this person was or how we left it off. There's one friend in particular who I had known for a very long time. And um, when he died, we were not, on the best of terms and it bothers me to this day it's something you know not that like haunts me but it's something i deal with so that's why the randall aspect of this really fucking dug into me even as you almost feel like you're getting this hero's ending for dante so um yeah grief and loss the theme of the show today (laughs) who knew yeah (laughs) let's keep that grief going Let's get into Black Panther here. Ooh. Oh, you want to go Black Panther first? Yeah, because we made everyone... Because that's the movie... We want people, right, have all seen Beastmaster. We say, hey, watch Beastmaster. Yeah. So that's our community watch. So let's let's get through Black Panther here. 
I'm sure it made a billion dollars. So I'm sure most of the people have seen it. So made but, a uh, ton. I mean, what was the highest grossing movie? It um, was the highest grossing November ever. It's the second uh, biggest opening of the year. Doctor Strange was number one. Can you believe real? that? Over Doctor this? Strange made more money than Black. It's very close. It's it's within a few million. But still, Doctor Strange had a bigger opening. And uh, so I assume most people seen this. Do you think that's because Doctor Strange was might have been one of the first movies people came out of quarantine for? Probably. Also, Doctor Strange is a little shorter. Maybe that got a couple of extra run times in there because it's very, it's very close. I was, I yeah. someone was saying Black Panther is a long movie. We're talking. Ooh. I think it was two hours forty one minutes. Yes. Um. It's very long. And listen, we know how I feel about long movies. I will say up front, I did not feel that this movie had the feeling of that long of a movie to me. It didn't feel long, but there are parts that drag. There's certain yes. aspects of the movie that bring the movie to a screeching halt at times. And so that made it feel long. But no, it's it definitely was like, oh wow, yeah, because you're almost there for three hours. And yeah. it doesn't always feel like three hours. It is there's a lot going on to to briskly go through. You know, like I complained about the Batman was it felt every minute of it and this movie did not. So I give that this movie a lot of credit. But let's talk about the movie. The movie essentially is based around the fact that T'Challa is dead. And it's just how everyone in Wakanda is now reacting to not having T'Challa in the picture. How are they going to go on? Who needs to do what? We get more and more loss. New people get introduced that now become a threat toward Wakanda and the and the greater world as a whole. And it's kind of up to Wakanda to save the day. And it's going to be, who's that person that's going to step up? And then we get some more loss and some more despair. Crazy. I was not expecting that one. <laughs> uh, so, let's see. Where, where do we go? Um... I'm, I'm I enjoyed the movie. We'll start there. Uh, when it comes to the first Black Panther, right? We both liked it. We didn't love it. It was. I think I remember liking thing, it a right? bit more than you. But right? It's like we're both positive on it. Yeah. So you know, I'm excited for a Black Panther. I'm excited for any Marvel movie. You know, so I'm excited for it. But um, you know, it's not my thing. Uh, I thought the movie's very good. When it drags, it drags. But the performances in this movie are just. Wonderful. Everybody is killing it in this movie. And that goes a long way uh, for me here. Our double main man. I mean, he's my double main man now. Neymar. Uh, did you enjoy Neymar, our little Brazilian soccer player? Did you enjoy or Neymar, the villain? Neymar. Neymar. Sorry. <laughs> I got I got World Cup on the brain. It starts this it's, weekend. Yeah. You, you know, excited? I feel like there's like no talk about nothing. That. I've heard people talk about it right before, and I was like, "Oh wow, it starts this weekend." That's yeah. that's so crazy because it's the first time, right? It happened this late. It's yeah, football it's going in, on, basketball it's in Qatar, going on. So because the temperatures are so high in Qatar during the summer, they can't play it during normal times. So it had to take place in much cooler uh, time period. Yeah, so a little fish man with his little his little wings on his feet. I love it. I love that they kept his little wings on his feet. They gave him his little green shorts. It was good. 
they did my man good up in this movie. Did you enjoy our villain here, Joe? Thought he was fine. I I almost feel like this movie was in a no-win situation. Like you either recast T'Challa and have everyone complain, like, oh my God, how could you do that? You're dishonoring Chadwick Boseman, so, you know, how he was the black, you know what I mean? Like, he, I know people are like that, but it's a very silly thing. This guy, this movie should have been recast. We love you, Chadwick Boseman. You did a great job, but okay, like the character lives on. Like, that's, and I don't see how that's disrespectful. Isn't that like honoring? We want to honor him. We want to keep this character going that he started. We want to, like, come on. These people. You know, or you go the route of, you know, focusing on it or just kind of mentioning it and moving on. Like, I don't think there is a perfect solution to any way to do this movie. I do think they did the best they could under the circumstances. I think what comes out is a pretty enjoyable movie. But yes, it does drag at certain points. It is a long movie. And at the end of the day, like you you said, everyone's performances are good. Um, but the movie is missing a lot of the charisma. While the performances are good, it feels like everybody is a side character actor. This is like putting a collection of William H. Macy's you know, it all over the movie and having these side characters, but there's no one who actually comes up and steals the show to me. And I think that brings the movie down because you don't have that person that you're like, oh, here they fucking go now. And even when we get the build up for Shuri, which I think obviously makes sense under the circumstances. And she's going to become the new Black Panther. And that's it's, it's not an issue about me having her become the Black Panther. Letitia Wright is good in her role, but she's not that top guy status. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, like, I don't know if this makes sense. I you no, know, I this, get what just I I think the villain performance uh is the performance of the movie. Uh he's the standout. But all the other main characters, they're like you said, I get it. They're all side characters. They are. The main character is yeah. T'Challa, and everyone else is a side character. So he's not here. So all the side characters are just kind of wandering around and doing their thing. I, I get that totally. Like, this is like going to a barbecue with the NWO, and it's just it's the beast Scott Norton and Vincent. <laughs> Vicious and, and delicious. Yeah, like it's just all those guys and you're like, oh, like, but I bought a ticket to see Where's Razor Nash, and <laughs> you know, and that's that's how I feel this movie is, and it really, it's to no fault of the people involved in it, but it is missing that marquee draw, that marquee, you know, that charisma that that sucks you in, that that magnetism where you look at this character and you're like, fuck, he's cool or she is cool. None of the other players in this movie have that about them. What if they made like uh, Mbaku like the main character? Because he's pretty, he's pretty charming, you know. He's got the good stuff, you know. I thought he was great in in the role they give him. And you say that, and I sit there, I go, "Fuck, you know what? I I would be down for more Mbaku and more of the Jabari." But then again. 
do I say that now? And then when it happens, I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe. Yeah. You know, and that's of course. What, it might not work. What, it might not work. It, it sounds may, good. It sounds I do. good I on want paper, more of them, but right? maybe it's more. a it's because he's a less is more guy. You know what I mean? It's true. No, it's true. He's barely in it, but when he's there, you're loving it. But maybe that's all it needs to be. Maybe that's why I love it is because it's in small doses. I agree very much. Uh, let's talk about some of those moments that made the movie come to a streak, streak and halt here. Um, Riri Williams, Ironheart. How you, uh, how you feeling about this addition to this movie here? Completely unnecessary. Like, I get it. You want to put her in here, get her launched off. She's got a show coming out. She is a big deal in the comics. It's probably going to be a big deal here. Uh, I just, it was totally unnecessary. And it's the worst part of the movie. It just, anytime it's there, it's just, it's just, the movie just stops. And it's just, it's not good. Um, She's fine. I don't think she's the problem. I don't think, you know, I just think what they have her doing, the storylines just, I don't think she was great, but it's not like she ruined the movie for me. You know, like her performance, she's fine in what she's doing. I just think the character feels completely shoehorned into this story. And it's just not good. It's just not. And I wonder when she has her series, are we, is it going to be before this? Are we going to see how it starts? Are we going to see... You know, in the comics, she's 15 years old. So they have aged her up here. Yeah, she's a college girl now. So she's still a college girl in the comics. She's just 15. Still goes to MIT. Oh, uh, yeah. Excuse, excuse me, comic man from comic land. I just, it's actually one of the comics I've read. I, you know, when uh, I heard about this Ironheart years ago, I was like, oh, let's see. And it's not bad. It's fine. But uh, I just don't like it there. I'm excited to have her there. Because we need that kind of Iron Man in the comics. Uh, she builds a a mock suit, you know, mock whatever mm-hmm. forty six, uh, out of spare parts from her school and shit, and that gets her on the radar of Tony Stark. It's very similar where she has to wear the suit and fly off. It's similar like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, not having Iron Man around is just very interesting because it's like, oh, look, you built an Iron Man suit. What's up? And there's interaction now. So I want to see what her, what she's going to play off of, what her storyline is going to be. That don't come till next year. It's not for a while. I guess they want to jumpstart it, right? And what's going to be the number one movie of the year, they would think. So I get why they put her in there, but unnecessary. Uh, The next part for me is when Shuri is kidnapped and taken to... What are they? It's it's not Atlantis. uh, I forget what it's called, yeah. Yeah, but... The underwater kingdom of of Namor, and to me, just wildly unnecessary. I guess I get it where you're trying to show how yeah you got to show the world you got to show how large the you know you got to have that world building uh, part to this, but it just feels like okay you kidnapped this person for a reason, and now you're basically like why don't you come see my kingdom? Let let let's take a left here. If you look to your right. You'll see the, you know, our big museum. He's being the charming villain. He's trying to show you that I'm not the bad guy. He's, you know, he's. And meanwhile, this is why. At the same time, they pull the other woman out of retirement, and I'm forgetting her character's name off the top of my head, but she was uh, Black Panther's girlfriend, <clears throat> wife, whatever. Um, 
they basically pull her out of retirement that she's a school teacher in Haiti now yeah. to go un- undercover and rescue Shuri. And she was able to find this thing really fucking quick. She's the best, bro. She's the best at what she does. That's it. <laughs> no one has known about these people in fucking thousands of years. And this woman literally takes about five minutes of research to be like, oh, you know what? I should go underwater here and find this magical secret kingdom that no one before or since will find. Uh, the the thing I was going to bring up was uh, when the white people show up. That's basically trying to just advance MCU storylines. Not really necessary for the Black Panther movie, but we got to have, you know, Elaine Bennis here yeah. being evil to set up her, her Thunderbolts and this and that. Totally unnecessary. Totally, totally, totally unnecessary. So, I mean, all in all, is this movie worth the watch? I think so, but it's going to be on the lower end of Marvel movies for me. Uh, it's probably middle of the pack, just like yeah. the first Black Panther. Like, it's, it's you know, the top 15, top 20, you know? Oh, I don't know about that. It's How many 30, are we up to now? Like 30. So it's yeah, like, you know, that's, that's the middle. That's exactly yeah. what I said. <laughs> but I'm going to be on the lower end of that with this. So you're on the lower end. Yes, I'm more in the middle. How would you compare it to uh, Doctor Strange? I mean, you know, Doctor Strange is my shit. It's, it's, I like the first Doctor Strange, and then you add Sam Raimi. So, I mean, the Doctor Strange was always going to be, for me, it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it more. But it's not like Black Panther. I don't think this movie is so much worse. Or that I, I Doctor think this Strange is better is so than Doctor better. Strange. That's what I'm I don't think it's it's like one it's if one's a an eight one's like a 7.5 you know what i mean like it's they're on the scale there it's not it's nothing crazy i just prefer the horror aspect to that uh so where we leave off uh shuri becomes the new black panther and rescues the world and we get uh we get a cool looking battle scene another epic yeah. marvel battle scene on water this time which is a little bit different a little bit new and then we let the bad guy just walk away. That's it. That's it. Well, because if they kill him, it's going to be a war that just rages on forever. So they try to make a truce. Makes sense, bro. Uh, at least imprison him. Uh, no, because it's the same difference. They're gonna. They're not going to stop until they get their their god back. He's a god. They're not going to let that stand. You wouldn't if someone kidnapped John Cena. What the fuck? You're gonna let them just walk away, bro? No, but like, what did John Cena do anything to deserve it? Probably not. I mean, we we know he's a good guy, but I mean, let's ask some real. We're gonna have to ask the hard questions. <laughs> I just listen. I, I understand innocent until proven guilty. But did John Cena do anything to incite this? There's a rumor John Cena versus uh, Stone Cold at WrestleMania, baby. So I wouldn't kidnap him until at least after that. I hope no one kidnaps John Cena. I want to see that match, bro. You know, he's oh, he's married now. He would have been great for he Love is, is Blind man. Tampa. Is, Imagine me and John Cena in the house at the same time. What about Gronk? Is Gronk single? Oh, who knows? Ooh, let's Tom Brady's single now. Oh, Tom Brady is single. 
the three buddies, you Gronk Me, and Brady. John Cena and Tom Brady. I love it. <laughs> the three bachelors all looking for love. Tune in on Netflix. Not going to lie. I'd watch it. <laughs> I'd watch it. It'll be on the top 10 of Netflix. Come on. Oh, my God. We'd be trending in no time. <laughs> I'd probably get like an extra 18 followers on social media. Whoa, watch out. What are you going to do with all that, that clout you got? Well, all that clout. <laughs> I will use it recklessly. Gomez, what do you say we hit some music? Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Main man stand-ins. What you got here, Joe? I think this is a hard movie to give a grade to. Uh, like I said, it is on the lower end of Marvel movies for me. But the performances are good. It is missing that intangible it. You know, we always we always mention that in, the, in wrestling. Oh, this person just has it. You can't put your finger on it, but you know it when you see it. And that's what this movie is missing. It is worth the watch. I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm not saying it may not even be bad. You may like it. A lot of people I've seen like it or even love it. It just didn't hit for me. Uh, I'm honestly going to go with a double main man. Two stars. Damn. All right. Uh, uh, We're going to go three. We'll go three. We're going to go three. Black Panther. Wakanda Forever. Three. It's good. I think the performances, there's some great standout performances. Uh, I do agree with Joe that this is a lot of side characters that's doing their thing. But I do think the villain, it's a villain performance. You know, we don't get a lot of great villain performances in Marvel. This one has it, and it's a great one. So I think that's worth the thing. I, I thought the movie was very dark at times. So I had a complaint there. I don't know if it was just my screening. There's a lot of times where I was like, this movie's a little too dark here. It should be a little brighter. You know what actually surprised me um, about my theater experience was I went on the Friday, the first Friday. Yeah. And it was empty. I was one of maybe really? about a dozen people. And when I heard how much money... Now, I went to a very early showing. It was a holiday. It was Veterans Day. So holiday. I could... So pe people being there. But people aren't waking up at the crack of dawn to run to the movies. I went to a 9 a.m. showing which I was shocked even was available. That's but a little they, early. It was a little early, but they had showings at 9, 9.30, Yeah. So I am assuming the other showings for that day were a lot more crowded than mine, but I had a, a whole lot of room to stretch out, and so I like that. All right. Well, Joe, we got one more movie to talk about here. Oh, I'm so excited for this. We asked all our, our passengers of the Car Jomez podcast to follow along and watch with us. We watched Beastmaster, available on Amazon Prime. Baby, baby, baby. And this is a movie I feel like almost gets lost in time. It doesn't get talked about enough, but if you were of the VHS era like Gomez and I and Mike Frias, who left us a review, five stars on iTunes this week, 
Mike, Mike's in that VHS era with yeah. us. Uh, the Beastmaster, it just felt like one of those movies that, like, it was always at your uncle's house. You know what I mean? Like, it was <laughs> it was the perfect movie you would find at your uncle's house. Uh, it's, it's a movie that was on TNT a lot back in the day, weekend stuff. So, But this is a movie, though, I mean, we both said, right? We haven't seen this movie in years. It, like, I it's like the first time watching for a us. a real kid, and it basically did feel like the first time I was watching it. So that's exciting. I'm excited to hear about that. So Beastmaster. Those of you who aren't in the know or chose not to watch, you're saying to yourself, but guys, what the fuck is the Beastmaster? Well, friends, the Beastmaster is a sword and sorcery fantasy about a young man's search for revenge. Armed with supernatural powers, the handsome hero and his animal allies wage war against marauding forces. Spooky. This is your classic 80s B-movie fantasy barbarian type story. It hits every single one of the tropes you could possibly imagine coming from such a movie. I mean, I don't know what more you want. (laughs) This movie's fantastic. It's such a fun movie. It's silly, but it's not overly silly. It's got fun action. I this movie is what a picture. So good. It's silly watching, you know, from with the lens of yes, today. Sure. 2022 eyes. You know, but back then it was still, probably like, whoa. It still presents itself in a manner where oh, it's mad like, serious. Where it's like, you know what? They believe it. Hundred percent. So they're playing it straight. They're, they're the, playing it straight. It's and silly to us, yes. So it's silly to you watching from afar and trying to be like, oh, okay, well, this is ridiculous. But I just, I don't know, man. To me, it works. It still works. Oh, no, it's great. It was still a good time to watch. We meet Dar. His his dad is basically, his whole town is, you know, burned to the ground. And now he goes out seeking revenge at the people because there was a prophecy made about him that he would one day kill, like, the the head uh, magician or whatever, who's played by, uh, by Rip Torn. Yes, Patches. Uh, Patches O'Houlihan. O'Houlihan. <laughs> the legendary Patches O'Houlihan. <laughs> a- along the way, Dar makes friends with animals. He's got an eagle and some ferrets and then a black tiger. I who... know. It's not even it's a panther. It's a tiger that's painted black. It's so fucking funny, bro. <laughs> and, and they all do uh, some tricks and chicanery when they meet the lovely Kiri. And try to, uh, you know, get uh, Dar and her together. But she's like a slave girl to uh, the evil Max, who is Rip Torn's character. And eventually, we, you know, we get our obvious barbarian battles of the time. You know, you get exactly what you signed up for. The one thing I will say that surprised me. At one point, Kiri, who's played by Tanya Roberts. And Tanya Roberts, I'm looking at her and I go, where the fuck do I know her from? Couldn't put my finger on it. Couldn't put my finger on it. Couldn't put my finger on it. Finally, it hits me. She's Donna's mom from that '70s show, Midge. Crazy. <laughs> In this movie, she's young. She's gorgeous. Smoking hot bod. You know, we get like our our topless girl scene. Gotta have '80s nudity. '80s nudity for no, 80s reason. Nudity no, for no reason. reason whatsoever. It's so fucking funny, man. <laughs> and then there's a scene. 
where like they're trying to make their big escape at the end through like the the temple where she's like bottomless it's not even topless it's <laughs> like everything is out there and i'm going what the fuck like i watched this when i was like six are you kidding like fucking the 80s rules <laughs> Oh man! Did you enjoy the effects when he would like call on the animal and you get like the animal vision? Like that shit oh, was fun. <laughs> it's he's basically the precursor to Brave Star. Do you remember Brave Star? What's that? So Brave Star was a cartoon series, kind of post He Man, by the same company, Filmation, where it was a marshal in outer space. New Texas was the planet's name. Yo, this sounds familiar. <laughs> and he calls on the strength of the bear. And uh, the speed of the puma, oh you know. So he's he's got all these animal powers that help him, you know, battle against the evil villain Tex Hex. Mm. Interesting. So I, I think I think up. that was based on the Beastmaster, maybe. Well, when did that come out? Right, Beastmaster's eighty two. Uh, Beastmaster's eighty two. Brave Star's probably not until eighty six. Oh, or so. definitely stealing it then. It's definitely stealing it. Joe, so at the beginning of the movie here, I wanted to ask. Um, Brave Star is 87, actually. I'm sorry. This guy's walking around in the woods, and he sees a witch trying to sacrifice a baby. You going to fight that witch? Yo, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not gonna... I ain't fighting no witch for some random. Now who's going to take care of that baby? Yo, so Yo! <laughs> here's the thing that gets me. We've got, like, these three witches who are, like, telling the prophecies. They're all gorgeous bodies, and then they've got these horrible, Crazy horribly faces. disfigured yeah. faces. Do you know that one of those witches is Wayne Gretzky's wife? Wow. <laughs> Janet Jones is one of those witches. That's crazy. The the creature effects in this movie are crazy. Those things that wrap wrap you up and fucking suck you up. That shit, those look some creepy fucking monsters, bro. I will say the effects, as primitive as they are and as they look, they don't take you out of the movie. Well, listen, there's one time. Hold on. Hold on. There's one time. <laughs> When he calls the eagle to catch that kid from the sacrifice. Okay, yeah, and maybe the, that he's one. He's flying in the sky. He's like 400 feet in the air. <laughs> and the effects are just terrific. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. But other than that, no, the effects are pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I it, it is one of those moments where you're like, oh, this they can't possibly do this. And then they fucking do it, and you're like, God bless the Beastmaster, bro. So the and obviously this came. The reason we mentioned this because we brought up that Halloween episode of Community again. At the time in two thousand and nine or whenever that, there was no reason to bring this up. It's just Dan Harmon, the boys. Yeah, like that. That's really what it is. It's one of those things where you're cutting a promo and you're just popping two people in the back and like if anyone else gets it, cool. But you know what? Don't care if they don't. Like our show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. I got to say, uh, we watched a lot of sad stuff in these three movies we talked about here. This movie here, when that ferret sacrifices its life, <laughs> it was so sad. <laughs> Bro, that shit was great. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. This movie's so good. 
<laughs> I mean, they, they just first off, the, the ferrets' names are Kodo and Podo, which was obviously hours of deliberation went into what we're gonna name the ferrets. Very important, but like, holy shit, like these ferrets grew such an affinity for our man Dar that they were like, Yo, we got you here. Crazy, so crazy. Oh, what a pitch! I hope people watch this. Please. It's on Amazon Prime, folks. If you think you would like Beastmaster, you're gonna love Beastmaster. That's what I'm telling you right like, now. It is if you just have a vision in your head of what like the stereotypical 80s B, you know, barbarian type Dude with a knife. <laughs> in all honesty, as I'm watching this. And some of you may laugh. Some of you may think I'm crazy. I honestly don't care. This is how I felt. I wish with my whole heart that the 1987 Masters of the Universe movie was a lot more like the Beastmaster. Hell yeah. I get it. Of course. That's what you wanted. A guy with a sword fucking shit up. That's as, man. As this movie is going on, I'm like, holy shit, man. Like the He-Man hair, yeah. Like, yeah, he I mean it's basically He-Man before He-Man. And I'm like, you know what? If they would have just done an updated version of the Beastmaster for He and just called him He-Man, I think so many more people would have would fucking revere a live action Masters of the Universe movie done like that. If they ever make a He-Man movie, that's a He-Man movie, I think it'll be something that people love. It's just for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. But you give us He-Man being He-Man, I think people are going to like that. Oh, my God. But, like, that's that was one of my biggest takeaways from watching the Beastmaster now. Like I said, I haven't seen it since I was a legitimate, like, legitimately single-age digit kid. And watching it now, I'm like, oh, man. Like, they could... Fuck. Why couldn't they do the He-Man movie like this? My goodness. Oh. Hey, that tiger could have been Battle Cat. You know, Kiri could have been Tila. You could have had some story where Rip Torn was Skeletor. Like, you have almost all the elements in place to really make it a Masters of the Universe movie. 100%, yeah. I get it. Man. Beastmaster. But yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, guys. It's free. If you... Listen, we all pay for that fucking Amazon Prime subscription Use anyway it. because we need our post-it notes and our protein powder and our fucking toilet things that make the water blue. We all need those at next day shipping for free. So we all pay for this. You might as well get your money's worth out of this subscription. Go watch the Beastmaster. Yes, sir. Gomez, hit the music. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? Joe, 1982's The Beastmaster. Main man standards. Hit me with it. Gomez, I just did this very recently. For another movie I love. And I don't even care. It's not watering it down because we are talking top quality here. Qua- Quintuple. Main Ooh. man. A fucking unicorn. This movie has it all. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. This movie is fun. This movie has has 80s TNA. This movie is everything I love 
about being a kid and watching movies that you may or may not, you know, you, you maybe you shouldn't be watching, but you, you fucking find them and you watch them and then you end up watching them a hundred times. It's great. And it gave me all those feels. It gave me the nostalgia and it was just terrific. Five stars for the Beastmaster. I love it. I'm going to go four stars. It's a wonderful picture. It is so good. I can't wait to rewatch it. It'll be on my things, things I love list. Anytime yes. I need to pick me up, let's watch some Beast Man. Let's watch a few minutes of the Beast Man. Yeah, I, I they gotta put this way. in bigger rotation on fucking cable movies again. I love it. I have this so when I went to log this movie in, Joe, on my letterboxed, mm-hmm. I noticed there's some sequels, Joe. There's a few sequels. So there's a Beastmaster two. We're number three. We don't need to talk about. But there's a Beastmaster two. Have you uh, seen what the uh, synopsis is to Beastmaster two? I have never seen any of the sequels, and I know nothing about them. I've only seen the original Beastmaster. So Beastmaster two, through the portal of time, came out in 1991. A double main man, Mark Singer's back, reprising his role. Okay, as Dar. So here we go. Dar, the warrior who can talk to Beast, is forced to travel to Earth to stop his evil brother from stealing an atomic bomb and turning their native land from a desert into a, well, a desert. So this guy is time traveling to Earth. So his evil brother, who I hope is named Rad, Um, his evil brother time travels to Earth to steal an atomic bomb that he wants to take back to their home. And from what is a barren desert wasteland, he wants to then use the bomb to turn it into a more barren. That's what it says. (laughs) More desert, bigger wasteland. So now this movie is hard to find, right? This ain't a movie that's easy to find. But your double main man here, I got the movie because that's what I do. So here's <laughs> what I propose, okay? Starting now, right now, if you go on my Twitch stream, I am streaming Beastmaster 2 24 hours a day for the next yes! couple of days, okay? <laughs> so this is what we're going to do. You go to Twitch TV, Mez Movie. That's the name, Mez Movie. Starting Thursday at midnight. It's already passed. That so really Wednesday at midnight? Yes, Wednesday, Thursday morning. Okay. Yes. So you know, I'm sure you people listen to this seven, eight in the morning. It's already on, it's already playing. Okay, the movie's an hour and 47 minutes. When the movie is done, I have a little thing that's gonna play afterwards, little clips of shit, stupid shit. I can't believe count- you did this with a little countdown timer. So it's like about 13 to 12 minutes of shit. So every two hours, every even number. The movie will start. So there will be six, 12 showings yes, of the Beastmaster. All day, every day for the next week. So that anyone who wants to watch Beastmaster 2 can watch along with us. Because I feel we need to watch this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Gomez, this is one of the best announcements I've ever heard in my entire life. So that's Thank you for doing this. <laughs> I was like, we got to watch this. I saw some reviews that like... You got to watch this movie. So we're going to watch this movie. So that's next week, folks. Beastmaster 2, 
Portal Through Time, twitch.tv slash mezmovie. Let's get it, baby. Gomez, have you ever seen Beastmaster 2? Or is this going to no, be your first time viewing first time, as well? First time, baby. I am excited. <laughs> Unbelievable. That What a great idea. What a great idea. <laughs> My other idea, uh, Rick and Morty starts again this week. You want to watch some Rick and Morty? I still got to watch everything we missed. I've never haven't seen yeah, an episode. That's what yeah. I mean. Let's let's start watching this season. Let's start uh, let's start catching up to Rick and Morty. Yeah, I guess I'll, so. Uh... I mean, I'll be really consumed with watching 24 hours of the Beastmaster 2 <laughs> Portal Through Time. But um I guess it does work. I yeah, I'll see if I squeeze in some Rick and Morty Portal Through Time as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, so that's what's next week. Got to end this week first, baby. That's the way we do it around here. Hitting it. It is now time for the big finish. All right, folks. It's big finish time. Let's get this wheel and let's spin it. Food chain restaurants. Yeah. So I guess this is fast food chain restaurants. I just guess it's fast. I'm trying to think if I was trying to say something else, but whatever. Fast food chain restaurants. That's what we're doing. Here we go. Uh, I mean, I'm a I'm on a big kick with Zaxby's right now. I think Zaxby's is really good. Not going to be my number one because the number one fast food chain restaurant Gomez is undoubtedly Taco Bell. Taco Bell is pretty good. Uh, I think I'll go Wendy's, right? I enjoy Wendy's. I enjoy my spicy nugs, spicy chicken sandwich, a frosty. Yeah, I think I'll go Wendy's. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. It's like uh, it's like Chipotle and Moe's. Does that count? No, that, that's no, not right? fast food. It's not really fast. It's fast nope. kind of. Mm. I'm going to go with Taco Bell is my number one. I fucking love Taco Bell. And if I go a while without having Taco Bell and then I kind of break that seal and have it, I want to have it for the next fucking 26 days straight. Taco Bell number one. I think Zaxby's is really good. Everything I've ever had from them is really good. Chicken fingers, chicken sandwich, chicken strips. Good stuff. I like their fries. Have their crinkle cut and they got good seasoning to them. So there's a lot to like. They got cheese curds. I really like those. They're very well done. So Zaxby's is going to be up there for me. And you know what? Maybe it gets a lot of hate. I know it does, but Burger King... That original chicken sandwich is fucking dynamite. Fucking unbelievable. It is one of the all-time great offerings in fast food history. So Burger King number three. Uh, So I'm going to go Wendy's, Popeye's, Burger King, I guess. I don't eat a lot of fast food, but I mean, I used to, and that's the, that's the ones I love, you know? 
kind. I don't really. I'm not a big McDonald's guy. Taco. I do like Taco Bell, but eh, it's hit or miss. They got rid of a lot of stuff. I like. I like at Taco Bell. Well, so. That's why I assume KFC wasn't on your list. They got rid of your chocolate parfait. Yeah, we don't. We don't talk about KFC. They're dead to me. We don't like. Them. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. I'm happy with that list. That's a good list. That's a solid list. Hmm. All right. Hit him with them plugs. We get out of here. Guys, everywhere on social media, at Card Jomez, leave a five-star review, just like our double main man, Mike Frias, and you could get one of our uh, remaining signed 8x10s, and then just, you know, I'll stop bitching about it. Um, December 8th, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Toy Drive in Long Island, two sealed wrestling action figures to be yeah, admitted baby. into the show, and you get the wrestling show for free. If you donate 10 you get the exclusive 8x10 print, and everybody on that print will sign it for you. Fandango, the new NWA champion, Tyrus, <laughs> Super Crazy, Matt and Brian, Captain Joe Shoes, and uh, Alex Riley, which is awesome. Uh, find me everywhere at the Joe Shoes. The Gomez154. <clears throat> The Gomez154 Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget, twitch.tv slash mezmovie. If you are listening to this podcast now, head over to twitch.tv slash mezmovie because next week we will be talking about the Beastmaster 2 portal into time. That is going to be an epic thing. I I'm honestly, Gomez, this is I'm so glad you set this up. Thank you. I am so <laughs> excited for this. I'm excited, too. I can't wait. But until next time, Joe. Gomez, let's make like Tom and Cruz. Peace. One, two.